Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to a uh, a viral free, hopefully, uh, episode of On Purpose. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and with me at a very safe distance is Chicago Tribune columnist Heidi Stevens. Hi, Heidi. Hi, John. How you doing? I'm doing okay um, so far. Um, And you? Yeah, good feels um, not quite accurate. At the same time, everyone in my house is safe right now. So um, good also feels accurate. Um, Um, What a crazy time. It's well, you pointed out that uh, we last spoke, I think, when we were in a very tiny room. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> right in the most <laughs> ill-advised situation it was you and breathing Gandhi, all over very each good other friend, right <laughs> yeah oh my god we had a third person in that time we had room. a third person Bella was in there with us and they and, and I mean guys for those of you who can't picture this this is a like two phone booths put together basically yeah, right I mean it, yeah it really that is probably and, never gets cleaned if we're being honest oh Thank, yeah, and suddenly I have a little tickle in my throat. <laughs> We're never going back there. I mean, we actually no. might never go back there. Who knows? But. We may never go back. There. I don't know how this goes from here, but what's so quaint about our podcast that um, we recorded but decided might not be the right thing to post within 24 hours of recording it, we were talking all about the bad And I think we hit some really important notes then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they might have felt important at the time. Now they feel ridiculous. Which is like so much right now. I mean, actually, that day, I'm pretty sure that day was that morning. It was a wet. It was two Wednesdays ago, and we both were kind of like, "Are we? Are you panicking?" I, you know, someone in my office building had tested positive that day. That we had gotten a note from our supervisor saying, "You know, if you want to start working from home, you can." And and that felt a little. Um, optional maybe you know maybe a good idea um by that night tom hanks and rita wilson announced they had it the nba suspended games for the rest of the season like things were starting to really ramp up by that actually that same night and by the time i went to bed that night it was like wow everything i thought and did as recently as this morning now feels foolish and um pointless and i mean yeah it just all in a 24-hour period and i wonder you know with maybe some better leadership if we would have gotten to that point a couple weeks earlier but i you know i'm not sure um but yeah and now it feels like we live in a different world that probably i don't want to get too doom and gloom but um and, and actually, it doesn't all have to be doom and gloom, but probably mm. will never return to what it used to be. And and I think that can be in some positive ways, too. But, you know, hopefully we can talk a little bit about all of that. Yeah, I actually um, I agree with you. And I think there might be a, a number of positive ways that that this um, that we don't bounce all the way back to to right where we were. Um, but uh, but, you know, um, I agree with you that. Uh, two weeks makes a, a, a huge difference because I remember walking out that same night, um, walking out of work around nine or nine thirty, um, and just looking at my Twitter feed, which I, I guess this is what I do when I leave. And and the first thing was, you know, all about Tom Hanks and the NBA, and I and I was thinking, wow, this is this is really a big deal. And I think about how 
how different it is from then till now or how different it was just within a couple of days of that. Every day it feels like, oh, now what? Or, you know, what, what numbers are we looking at today? What else is going to hit the fan today? Um, and somehow yeah, I notice a lot of my clients are struck by like, wow, this famous person has it and this famous person has it. And all these threads are kind of coming together. We're eventually all going to know somebody who at least has it. And yeah. are we all going to know somebody who dies from it? Like, you know, like I think that's um, I, I may have told you this, but I, I had um, I, I repeat this pretty frequently because it felt so accurate. I was working with this one very insightful kid um, last week who said, this is the beginning of the horror film where you mm -hmm. don't know how bad it's going to get. So um, unlike you guys, so this, this is a 17-year-old born after 9-11, unlike mm -hmm. you guys who were reacting to the bad thing, right? You know, you, the bad thing happened, and, and then you had to, like, figure out what to do next. We're, we're, the bad thing hasn't really happened all the way yet. We're not even close to that. So it's all this pre-anticipatory trauma that we're already experiencing how how resilient are we going to be on the back end of all of this? You know, if we're already tapped out, and, and I thought that was a really insightful point. You know, really, really insightful. Yeah, and, yeah, and so true, and so sad. And you know, I'm I'm also watching friends, and I know you are too, go through um, you know terrible, tragic life stuff that doesn't have anything to do with coronavirus mm -hmm. but is compounded by coronavirus so my uh, my friend's mother-in-law had a heart attack and died yesterday totally mm -hmm. unexpectedly and now they can't get together as a family and comfort each other and grieve together and plan a funeral and another friend's boyfriend got a terrible health diagnosis earlier this week and that feels extra scary because you're wondering about access to you know, doctors and healthcare when you most need it and the risk factors of going into healthcare situations right now. And so you have on top of people who are really sick and in some cases not recovering from this virus, you have people who are suffering the stuff that just happens to people, you know, at some point in life. And when it happens during this public health crisis, it, it's just compounded in all sorts of different ways. And, you know, I'm walking around my neighborhood as my little, you know, mental health <laughs> check and also the only way to get any kind of exercise right now and yep. thinking about just the way our neighborhoods and communities and cities are going to change and maybe not, you know, really recover just in terms of like small businesses and our favorite little restaurants and all those, all those places are, are places with their people too. You know, these are people that, that, you know, don't know if they're going to have jobs to come back to. And um, it just, it's hard not to feel just really, really scared, but also really, really sad. It oh, just all it's, feels it's Every sad. day, some, you know, every day it, it, it feels heavier um, to me, um, especially, I don't know if, it, if, if it's different for you, but like, um, you know, I've been, I've been um, doing, uh, telework. So I'm, I'm, I'm working via Skype and FaceTime and stuff. And, um, and I feel sad when I wake up in the morning. Um, and usually there's some text that suggests like, oh, somebody else is going through something else on top of this. And you're right. Like, mm -hmm. you know, this, if this is all we're, we're, 
just the worry about like, how is this going to play out? And we don't have it. And we haven't lost our jobs and our relationships are intact. Um, that, that we're so oddly fortunate, but so if you fortunate. add one major stressor on top of that, you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm sick. I just lost my job. And uh, it's really hard, I think, to not have, you know, anxiety, depression, fear, just take you over. You know, yeah. um, I, I do worry about kind of collectively our well-being. Um, I told, I've told this story a couple of times, but, um, it's, it's kind of funny. So, um, so I'm actually at my office because my house is so small that, uh, I can't really talk to people effectively without, with that, their confidence in mind. So oh, it's sure. clean and nobody else is here just so anybody listening doesn't think I'm being irresponsible. I promise you, I walk about a block. I, I don't, this morning I didn't see anybody, but yeah. Monday morning I was walking down the street and there was another guy walking toward me <laughs> and we're kind of walking along the street. Like you would picture people walking, you know, and there's probably as we're approaching each other, a foot or two between us. And then as we get closer, we take this wide berth. Like we create this broad semicircle, each of us. <laughs> yeah. He, he turned around. We both turned around and looked at each other and he was laughing. He goes, are we ever going to unlearn? Are we going to be able to unlearn this? <laughs> <laughs> and we both kind of laughed. We stood there for a minute. And I'm like, I don't know. Like this feels so oddly natural after just a few days to like avoid people, you know, it just yeah. feels so weird. And it was nice. I, I have to say, like, I so appreciated him taking the moment to just laugh at how absurd that feels, you know, like right. this, this is normal now. <laughs> you know, it was a yeah. great, it was just a great moment to share with somebody I have never laid eyes on before, but it was, um, but you know, all these weird new normal things, I think about kids and how we're going to teach them like, oh yeah, that whole thing about, you know, your very presence being a danger to everybody around you and everybody around you being a, a threat to your well-being in your life. You can go back in the classroom and you go ahead and hug your friends. It's all good. You know, like, yeah. I, right. I, I don't know how we're going to reteach that, you know, um, the vigilance, you know what I mean? Or the lack of it. it it's going to be really, it. really tricky. Right. Right. I yeah. know. I'm yeah. thinking about just the stuff, you know, ahead in the short term that, you know, first I'm hoping doesn't get canceled like you know all my daughter's eighth grade graduation you know Ugh. celebrations and then the summer camps that we've signed them up for that they're already excited for and all the, you know your first hope is like oh i hope some of that stuff still happens um and yeah. then you know it, and and that it's safe for it to happen um and then the second thought is like you know, how altered will it all be? Is it going to feel safe to have six kids sleeping in a cabin, you know, bunked on top of each other? And, you know, like, do kids really wash their hands at camp? And like, it just, right. you know, <clears throat> all these things that feel maybe forever altered. I, I think, um, I think it's hard to say what in the heck our kids are going to learn from all this right now. Um, you know, when I'm, I'm inundated with probably all the same, like for me, I'm getting inundated with pitches from experts and, you know, PR firms saying, you know, how about writing a story about, and it's probably a lot of the same things you're getting asked to come on TV and radio stations to talk about. <laughs> um, but it's sort of like, you know, helping your kids, you know, you know, 
stay off screens during coronavirus, helping your kids deal with their anxiety during coronavirus, helping your kids. And and it's all stuff that I'm kind of like, I, that's, that's a little important. It's not, I, I'm not seeing the stuff talked about that is, I guess, fascinating and super valuable to me for my kids to take away from all of this screen time. I frankly, I don't give a shit. I mean, they're just like, they have 26 hours a day of screen time. Somehow they've added two hours <laughs> onto the day just to get more screen time. Just and stacking like, the screens. and this yeah. Time, yeah, they're actually doubling up on screens. Yeah, but my son has like a phone next to a Nintendo Switch so that he can watch them both at the same time. Um, fine. We're like doing what we can do right now to survive and not, you know, get on each other's nerves at every turn and whatever. Um I also like I'm conscious of not doing the whole like, you know, um, we could have it worse. Aren't we lucky that we're not sick? Which like, of course, I want my kids to feel empathy and gratitude gratitude all all the time, not just during a public health crisis. Um, But I'm always a little like leery of like doing that in a way that puts us in a different on a different plane than others or something like You know what I mean? Where there's like pity involved yes. or like an othering involved. And so I think what what we're talking a lot about and, and you know, I have the benefit of my job, which has me interviewing people, you know, every day who are doing amazing things and organizing, you know, fundraisers and pointing help where help is needed. And and so I can talk to them about that stuff. But um but I think also like this is a pretty amazing opportunity to, you know, help our kids recognize how interconnected we really all are and how oh, yeah. everything we do and say and and don't do and don't say and, and visit and don't visit, you know, just the profound impact of all of that. And so, you know it just feels like, you know, yesterday my son and I were walking in the park and I had just written about Ronald McDonald house and how, you know, they can't have volunteers come in and the volunteers are huge in that organization. They do, you know, they shop for the groceries, they prepare the meals, they clean up from the meals, they stop by with baked goods. Like they just, you know, it's, it's like 95% volunteer run or something like that. I don't know the exact statistic, but it's a lot. And they can't, they can't have any volunteers come in the houses now. So these families who are staying there, you know, while their kids are hospitalized, um, you know, still need to eat and, and volunteers can't help with that right now. So there's a big fundraising push. Anyway, I was explaining how that all works to Will and what a Ronald McDonald house is and um, all the different kinds of families who need to use them. And um, I just think that like, you know, this is, this is a time when maybe all of us, um, can be examining, you know, whether we honor enough how, you know, how, how interconnected we are as humans and how we have a responsibility to take care of each other, not just in like these, you know, scary crisis times, like, 9-11 like a you know pandemic but um but all the time and yeah I don't know I just I think you know I, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago 
which also, and, and actually you and I were emailing that late at night when I was working on it and you had just started, I think, talking to clients a, a little more heavily about this. Um, uh-huh. Just the idea that, you know, it, we had started, I think, before this all hit to feel like a society that was drifting away from face-to-face interactions a lot, you know, yeah. with how much we order craft to be delivered to our house rather than go out and buy it. And when we do go out and buy it, we use self-checkout so we don't even have to talk to a cashier. And, you know, <laughs> like high school reunions aren't really a thing anymore because you just know each other on Facebook. And, um yeah. All that kind of stuff has felt like this, you know, gradual shift in society kind of to be more efficient and modern and not really necessarily need all this face-to-face communal contact. And now that feels... Right, yeah. Yeah. And now that feels um, all wrong, you know? It really does, doesn't it? Yeah, when when... It's kind of like when you're forbidden from that kind of like person to person contact, you, you suddenly realize like, Ooh, that's what I think we need most, you know, like, um, I'm kind of desperate for that. Um, and I will, um, I've shared this once or twice too, but one, one thing I ran into, I think it was last Monday morning. Um, I was feeling, um, super anxious about all this and Walking to work felt, it was the first time things felt super eerie, like, wow, you know, this feels apocalyptic, like nobody is anywhere um, yeah. but home. And I'm walking down the street, and I feel, oh, I got to just turn back. This is ridiculous, you know, like um, to even go to a different building. And um, um, once I started talking to people, I felt so much better. To the mm. point where Ju- Julie and I kind of had this joke like, you know, um, John's ideal social setup seems to be global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> he really comes into his own during a crisis. Because I, <laughs> I would come home and be like, you know, in, in it, like this oddly like upbeat mood. And part of it was I was talking to people and, and I think the more we're in touch with people um, it, it, at times like this, you know, um, you get the, the, you get you hear the rays of hope like you know um uh, a lot of kids uh th- this this makes me you know kind of burst a little bit but are kind of like you know will ask me like on the phone like you're not seeing anybody in person right now are you because oh, that would be irresponsible you. and they're worried yeah. about everybody <laughs> like, yeah right right, you know, right like they understand this concept of flattening the curve yeah and you know and so thing. um yeah um, and, and, and there were, and, and I, a couple of kids are worried, a little worried about me, which I so, so appreciate. And, um, and yeah, it's just kind of like, um, just to see a face is useful. And I feel for, I worry about everybody who's just flat out alone, you know, yeah. like, and I think there are an awful lot of people out there who are alone and, um, uh, I, we have relatives who, uh, a few relatives who live alone. I won't be too specific, but I can feel that between Twitter and um, 24-hour news, they're really, really kind of losing any perspective. Not that, not that everything that's being said isn't like reality, you know, like I, it's, you know, it's, it's bad and it's getting worse. Um, but 
to not temper that with the occasional like laugh or something that's even really irreverent. Like, you know, um, I find myself making the most irreverent jokes with George, my son, like, uh, like just like if, if a ridiculous thought crosses my mind about this whole thing, yeah. I realize like, okay, I have, I have a, a couple of friends who are really good foils here. Um, I want to play this out just, just to be able to breathe, just to be able to laugh for a minute, you know, like, um, That's right. because we need the break from it once in a while. We just need like a, a breather because every moment I think we're, we're carrying anxiety on our backs. Like I can feel like the stomach acid gurgling. <laughs> yeah. Even, even as we we're talking here, I think we're both well aware, like, you know, yeah, the sky's slowly falling, uh, you know, but we're doing a podcast anyway. You know, we want, <laughs> we want to reach out and touch people anyway. Um, well, I'm thinking about, yeah, I'm thinking about the conversation we had a couple weeks ago about <clears throat> Rebecca Mackay hopping on Twitter to become everybody's Twitter mom for a little while and how that got us talking about her book, then Great Believers, one of her books, um, her yeah. most recent book, and, you know, how it was about the AIDS crisis in the 80s in Chicago and this idea that, like, you don't stop trying to find ways to to matter and, and have your life matter and to matter to others um, and forge and sustain community even when there's a sad ending you know not all that far off right so right. so you don't put that stuff on hold just because um you know this isn't going to turn out well and in in the case of her book it was because a lot of these people were dying from aids yeah um yeah but this idea that like yeah it this is this is our one shot this is our life and there's going to be tragedy and there's going to be grief and there's going to be hardship. And, you know, in and among that, we still get to use the time we have um, to create beauty and love and, you know, comfort for people. And, and I, and I'm just, I do feel like I'm seeing a ton of that as awful as it is to be tuned in constantly to Twitter and news and Facebook. And it's also <laughs> bringing me, you know, a measure of comfort because I'm seeing like people. So, you know, 70 face masks to drop off at a hospital, not even certain that they're going to help, but hoping that they might and give being given a little guidance from healthcare workers that like, it's better than nothing. And so like yep. to take your time to go ahead and get that fabric and sew those masks and bring them somewhere is like, such a beautiful gesture of like, I'm, I'm trying whatever I can here, you know? Um, and the GoFundMe sites just popping up everywhere for all of these, you know, workers who are running out of, you know, money because their businesses are suffering. All, all, I, do, I do feel like we are seeing, you know, the best of humanity right now. Um, even with the knowledge that like, you know, this is not gonna, this is not a vaccine. This doesn't cure right. coronavirus. This is not going to stop deaths. This is not going to stop suffering and illness and maybe our, you know, healthcare system being overwhelmed and our economy crashing. And, but I'm going to do this stuff anyway, because that's my humanity. And, and that, um, I'm trying not to think of that as like putting on rose colored glasses or, or futile or whatever. I'm trying to think of that. And, and I do think of that as like, um, really the human condition, right? I mean, the human experience, because what else, 
what else would it be? Where nobody's nobody's living forever. Nobody's guaranteed a, a a life that's free of grieving and sadness and pain. Nope. No, and I and I think you're 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 right on, Heidi. I think you know, um there has to be this I think this is kind of an ultimate test for for humanity uh, on the whole, right? You know, um, I don't know that we'll ever run into anything like this again, hopefully not again in our lifetimes. Although, you know, I think probably we all said this after 9-11 and after, you know, various other uh, tragedies, but this feels unique in, in, its, in its awfulness and in its, you know, kind of, you know, global scope. Um, but I don't, think, I don't think you're being insensitive in any way by saying, hey, you know, this tragedy does go hand in hand with a challenge for us to to rise up and do what whatever we can to lighten the load even though we know there's impending tragedy this 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 is going to end terribly no matter what the final count is you know what i mean people are going to lose people people are already losing people and right. uh, are very very sick and and everybody's scared to some extent and so to see somebody rising up, starting a GoFundMe page, ordering from a local restaurant, going and picking it up curbside, all these things kind of like, you know, make your heart swell a little bit just because it's like, oof, you know, like if you, if you were worried about the worst of humanity, like this is a good time to look around and look for like, you know, I know, I know everybody cites the Mr. Rogers line of look for the heroes, but you know, like even the, the moments where people are, rising to the occasion and kind of doing their best um in my down down the street from me um i don't know if you've ever met frank fontana who is sometimes a host on on uh on the radio and he huh. um his, his block um got together and they're ordering um twice a week they're ordering from a different restaurant here so that they can give the restaurant notice and um and let them know, like, okay, there are 30 orders coming your way. And, you know, and here we'll give you the menu a couple of days in advance so you have plenty of time to get it ready mm. and get people in. And then the rest of the week you can probably work with a much more skeleton crew just to keep things going for different, like, local businesses. You know, like, I, I yeah. love these little stories where, you know, people are trying. I love this idea of, like, people trying to figure out how to I, – I can feel it just from my own Twitter feed, people trying to fashion – masks right you know from yeah. all sorts of different things you know um christian siriano who's this fashion designer who i kind of really like and enamored with he you know he's not only making masks based on like medical specifications where he would normally be making gowns and stuff but he um i saw this um, moment on twitter where he's like you know oh we're not just making masks we're making fabulous masks so if you have to work a 15-hour shift like i want you to know you're wearing a christian siriano kick-ass like singular one-of-a-kind oh, you know? that. that's a, and just to bring a moment of like difference or joy um and but what he asked people to do on different units that get them is to take a moment and do like a runway show down the hall in whatever unit you're working on. Oh my god, <laughs> so I love like, that. Which isn't that great? Like you know, just like can you imagine just having that moment of levity when you're working so hard in a hospital? Right. And you know, like I think about that being not just the hospital being front lines, but like you know, I don't know if you've been to a grocery store in the last you know week and a half. Yeah. But I'm thinking like. Just if you're bagging heroes. in a group, yeah. right? You're heroes. I mean, this is this is oh, like oh, mighty 100%. work, man. 
terrifying. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. And they're doing it with a smile and they're doing it, um, you know, under great duress. And you know that people are being assholes to them. Oh, and, God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. Um, yeah. I'm also thinking about the, speaking of joy, the Bon Jovi sing along. Did you follow oh, that at my all God. Saturday night? Yes. I mean, just, I, I just stayed up so late that night watching video after video after video because it just was so lovely to see these, you know, all these people in the middle of, again, what we're talking about, nobody's doing this with blinders on. They know what's happening around them. And right. still like, this is also a moment for four minutes of togetherness and joy and Bon Jovi. And here we are. And like my kids and I, keep playing that song you know michael's like ready to find an airbnb to go. <laughs> <laughs> i have thought about like what if you don't like living on a prayer a whole lot man but... i know i know and he, he doesn't sadly but um but he will at the end of this week no he really won't at the end of the week but, um, but even like even something like music you know we've been finding ways to like during dinner do little like you know i'll pop on you know my laptop and play a song and everybody has to guess who sang it like you know songs that they wouldn't yep. know necessarily you know from the 80s or whatever and um i don't know it's it it, it can feel like um silly and indulgent and you know fiddling while Rome burns or whatever um to do some of this stuff and it mm. also to me feels absolutely essential because like we are all stuck in the house and we are going to look back on this time. I hope, you know, assuming we all survive it with, um, you know, with all sorts of different takeaways and, and feelings and memories. And, and I, I do for, for my kids, I do want a little bit of it to feel, um, joyful and, and special that we, you know, not only had health and safety and enough food, but also like, you know, took care of each other and, and giggled and listened to music and, um, and found ways to help, you know, and found fundraisers yeah. and donated what we could and, um, all that kind of stuff too. But, um, I don't know, it, it, it all feels important. I don't, I don't think it should be one or the other. I don't think that's what it means to be human and alive. Human? I don't know. No, I, I think you're right. I think, I think it has to be everything. Like, you know, I think tragedy has to have the full range of emotions. Otherwise, it's just awful. Um, and I'm thinking about, you know, um, having having lost a couple of family members, you know, like when my dad was dying. Um, I, I have some of my fondest memories with him were when um, when he was dying, oddly enough, you know, like so it, mm -hmm. when we both knew and it was awful. And yet, you know, I can remember being, you know, sitting by his hospital bed and we would be talking about something and we, we would slip into something either irreverent or ridiculous. And um, I remember one time, it was just a few days before he, he passed away and, um, and he kept hitting the morphine thing. And um, I'm like, dad, you know, take it easy, man. Like, you know, and he's like, yeah. No, this stuff is amazing. <laughs> said, and when you're dying, you just keep, you know, like I, I, if I die an addict, this is the way, right? Right. And so, and so we were both, you know, effectively, he just got the news this day that he also, on top of emphysema, had lung cancer. Oh and this God. is 10 minutes after he got the news and the doctor walks back in and the two of us are like, we're laughing, like crying <laughs> about the morphine. And the doctor's like, 
maybe you guys didn't understand yeah. about the cancer. <laughs> was I not clear about the prognosis? I don't think there's it's anything that rhymes it. with cancer. I don't, know what, I don't know what you heard. <laughs> but I think we both just needed that moment. I think in any... Yep moment where where awful things are happening we need to have that balanced out with you know doing the best we can and you know that probably includes music and laughter and you know i am seeing like videos and you probably are too of you know people just dancing with their families you know like yeah. and i think the more stir crazy we get the more the more kind of outlandish these videos and things are going to get you know and um and the more desperate things get i think we're going to be we're going to need a lot of dancing around, you know, like I, th I think we're we're heading toward, you know, the some extremes of emotions. And in the same breath, uh, the night of the Bon Jovi thing, um, I was scrolling through. It must have been your uh, Facebook feed, just looking at these different videos. And um, and Julie looks over at me at one point. She's like. Are you crying? Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I stopped. I just, and I'm just shaking my head like. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So there's also that, right? You know, there's kind of that, um, the bittersweet tears of like, you know, oh God, people are beautiful. And yeah. <laughs> how great is this? You've got to see it. Let's cry together. Um, right. Along with, along with all that, you know, like, I think we, I think we need it all. Otherwise, you know, otherwise humanity just, we just decompensate and fall apart, you know? And, and, um, we can't afford that. We can't do that. You know, there's there's going to be so much to do yep. once we're once we're around to do it. We need to be yes. resilient to it. And I think we need to feel everything in order to 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 be able to rise to this, because I think it's going to be, you know, that first step outside, you know, uh, metaphorically is going to be courageous, I think. And I don't think that's going to be easy. I, you know, a lot of people are saying like, oh, we're all going to be the day that the, that day that comes, we're going to run out of our houses and hug each other and dance in the streets. And I think we are going to put a toe out, <laughs> make yeah. sure it doesn't catch anything. <laughs> yeah, I think you that's know, right. Uh, I think this is going to be scary. I think this is going to be hard to bounce back from. So the more resilience we can build and the more we can allow ourselves to feel everything, uh, I think the better off we're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, um, have we reached our talking we're, limit. Oh, we, uh, we were, we've, we're very close to our talking limit. Um, okay. <laughs> and, and I, I lose all track of time when we start talking. Yeah. So we've been, we've been talking for about a half an hour. Okay. I'm just thinking, you know, as we're finishing here, I'm thinking like, I have no idea for the first time ever talking to you. I have no idea what the next week looks like. Like I was going to ask you like, Hey, are we going to be talking next Wednesday? And I don't know if you can answer that. I, I don't know. I mean, I hope let's, let's try to. Let's try to for sure. Okay. Yeah. Let's and plan God knows it. what will, um, but, you know, transpire between now and then, but, um, right. but let's try it. I, I like, I like keeping these going. I think, I hope people feel called to give it a listen if, you know, and if they don't, that's okay too. But for the people who want to, let's do them. Right? In the meantime, I'm going to, I'm just going to tear up this pitch. I was going to pitch to you about talking to kids during this time of, uh, <laughs> anxiety but i realized that you know uh you put the kibosh <laughs> on that pretty solidly <laughs> uh, sorry all right Heidi. Um, yeah and don't listen. pitch me on screen time limits either <laughs> oh man there's so much paper to just tear up here i'm uh, forget it <laughs> Look, uh, i will not be in the paper this week you guys <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, um, Heidi, take care of yourself and your family. You too. And, um, you too. and I will plan to talk to you next week. Let's stay healthy. Okay. And let's take care of each other, you guys. All right. This is on purpose. We'll talk to you guys next time.